Hello. It's Nia and Trent from the Trident Networks Tournament Podcast. We just wanted to pop in and tell you about the Tourney Pod, where each week we pit different pieces of pop culture against each other in a March Madness-style tournament. We try to cover everything, from movies to TV shows to music to random stuff, like our hotly contested best pasta shape bracket. You can listen to the Tournament Podcast and all other Trident Network shows wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll become an attorney at Pod soon enough, and remember, may, may the, the thing with, with the, the most votes win. It's time to take your oath. Do you, Warrior Eagle, agree to only use your power for good, to fight for peace and freedom, and to uphold the superhero credo of truth, justice, and integrity? Uh, Dad, I have to tell you something. Uh, Scott, you're supposed to say, I do. I do. I do. Uh, I do. Or does he? <laughs> does that mean we're married now? Kind of sounds like it. <laughs> Hey, Val. Hey, Al. Welcome to D-Commentaries. <gasps> Thank you. Welcome to you and welcome to all of our listeners. Today, we're talking about Up, Up, and Away. <laughs> oh, what a fun romp. That's me uh, flying. That's You're a great flyer. Thank you. You're very elegant when you fly. <laughs> I, I sound like one of those plants from Harry Potter. <laughs> the mandrake? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Already off topic. Uh, All right, perfect. <laughs> Up, Up, and Away was released January 2nd, 2000. Yay! We have officially exited the 90s. We made it to the millennia. Yep. We'll miss you, 90s. And... For our first installment, we have direction and starring being done by Robert Townsend. That's right. He yeah. directed and was Bronze Eagle or Dad. Yeah. This uh, decom was written by Dan Berenson, and he has a decom resume a mile long. I mean, yeah, he, he sounds familiar. Yeah, he wrote Scream Team, Twitches One and Two, Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff, Stuck in the Suburbs, Halloween Town High, Cheetah Girls, Camp Rock Two, Teen Beach Two, and more. We love him. Yeah, we love Dan Berenson. The cast is pretty big cast. Michael J. Pagan was Scott Marshall or Warrior Eagle. As I said before, Robert Townsend plays Jim Marshall, a.k.a. Bronze Eagle. Alex Datcher plays Judy Marshall, a.k.a. Warrior Woman or Mom. Uh, Sherman Hemsley plays Edward Marshall or the Steel Condor, and you will likely recognize him. If not, if you're younger, you might just know his face and not know what he's from, but he's very famous for being the star of The Jeffersons, which was a spinoff from All in the Family. So two very famous 70s shows that he was on. Kassan Butcher plays Adam Marshall or Silver Charge. He's the older brother. Arielle Davis plays Molly Marshall who's the youngest sister, Laser Eyes. Kevin Connolly 
plays Malcolm, the snot-nosed bad guy. Um, <laughs> you'll recognize him probably from Entourage or possibly from The Notebook. Or he's just not that into you. Or he's just not that into you. Yeah, he's been around. I mean, he's been mm-hmm. in a lot of stuff, but he's probably most well-known for Entourage. For Entourage, yeah. yeah. Um, Olivia Burnett plays Nina, uh, who's his unwilling co-conspirator. Uh, Chris Marquette plays Randy, the funny best friend. Jamie Renee Smith plays Amy, the love interest. Joan Pringle plays Doris Marshall, who I believe is grandma. Uh, Nancy Sorrell plays uh, Amy's mom. And Benita Ha plays Miss Parker, their teacher. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, this is a good cast. Yeah, I liked them. Uh, The synopsis is as follows. The Marshalls look like a typical suburban family, but under that ordinary looking exterior, they are all superheroes. Each member of the family has their own secret identity and superhuman power. The youngest member of the family, Scott. That's incorrect. (laughs) Is worried. He doesn't seem to be exhibiting any extraordinary ability yet. He doesn't want to let his family down, so he... So he's really worried (laughs) and pretends to have superhuman powers, too. Who wrote this synopsis? (sighs) I don't know who wrote this, but it's bad. Um, Yeah. And it takes out actually what the entire plot is. Yeah. Doesn't mention that at all. I mean, it, it, it mentions like a subplot. Right. Like it mentions sort of the underlying like motivation of the main character. But yeah, it doesn't mention the mind control thing at all. Right. Uh, Well, anyway, now that we've gotten past the uh, the niceties, Al, what did you what were your first impressions? What did you think? Thanks, Val. I didn't hate this movie. I really I didn't hate it. Um, I thought it's cute. I think it's just a little like corny and campy. But I think it's really fun. I'm going to go ahead and I wanted to give it a seven. I don't think it really deserves a seven. So I'm going to give it a six. I thought it was fun. I There was a lot of just like general dialogue that I really enjoyed. I thought that the costumes were great. I liked that it was only an hour and 17 minutes. I, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I it Does it deserve an Oscar? No, but I thought I thought the, the you know, the plot behind it, I think, is is a good idea. Yeah, I would agree with that. I liked this movie. I so I hadn't seen this probably since I saw it, you know, when it came out. So it's been 20 years. Yeah. I was in first grade when this came out. Wow. I was in either seventh or eighth grade. So I was like exactly the same age as them. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. And I remember liking it. Like, I don't remember having like a strong feeling either way, but it wasn't one that I like resonated with really strongly, which actually is kind of interesting to me because there's a literally a tomboy who plays soccer in this movie. (laughs) It's like a prominent character. Um, So I'm surprised I didn't like gravitate to it more, but I think I just like forgot about it. Like I just forgot it existed and it doesn't like come up the way that like some of the other ones do as like recommendations on Disney plus. So like right. when I was doing that initial rewatch last year, I just, it just never popped up as like, Oh, you should watch this. Right. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought that the concept behind the story is like an interesting one and not like crazy. Like at one point I literally wrote, is this Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I liked the relationships between all the characters. Like I thought they felt really real. I really liked grandpa, Mm -hmm. um, slash steel condor. I thought he was very funny. They utilized him well, given that he's the most famous and probably the best actor in the movie. Yeah. And I thought that Kevin Connolly was just having a lot of fun. Yes. Just complete tool bag. So that was cool. Yeah, I agree. It was very campy, but they like leaned into it. They weren't like trying to pretend like it wasn't silly. Uh, So that was good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also really liked his best friend. Oh, yeah. Randy. I thought Randy was so fun. Yes, he was great. He was perfect best friend material. I just like how I feel like they this was kind of similar to like Halloween Town in that they made the world feel very real. Yeah. That it was just something they accepted that there's superheroes. It's not weird. It's not crazy. It's just like this is the world we live in. And it was really cool. I really liked how it didn't feel like a fake world that that we were living in. Totally. In that aspect, yeah. It, it was like The Incredibles. Like, it felt kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, where, like, people just know there are superheroes and they, like, live a normal life when they're not doing their superhero thing and all the silly superheroes with all their silly outfits. Like, all of that felt a lot like The Incredibles to me. Yeah, I wrote my third note is feels like The Incredibles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is the exact words that just came out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Incredibles came out after this. So, basically... did stole the Incredibles um, plot from Up, Up, and Away. Must be. Must be. Al, did you have any, like, favorite quotes or moments? Yeah, um, some favorite quotes I had were we had Spider-Man and Mary Jane over for dinner, and then I loved that introducing of all of the actual like you know the superheroes we know yeah um we had flame guy rocket man and jello girl (laughs) yep i need to know what jello girl does um (laughs) i don't know i don't write down the context when i'm writing down my quotes but really weird because it would be a backbone transplant i think it was like an insult yeah so scott is like i think i'm just gonna ask amy to the dance and he was like weird because that would require a backbone yes (laughs) so funny i love the adult minds are impossible to control because we're living in that (laughs) (laughs) yep casually yeah i mean i don't really have like too too many notes but i those are you know my favorite quotes did you have any favorite quotes or moments yeah, I had a couple. Right out of the gate, Randy goes, your family is totally whack, which I just thought was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then he he like almost immediately after that says, you should try punching her in the arm and running away. I hear girls really like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I it's not one that you would read back because it doesn't have meaning without the context. But like the whole exchange between the two parents when they're at the bank heist oh, and they're my- like, having this domestic conversation while they're like beating the crap out of these criminals is amazing. Like I, I thought that was so well executed and so funny. And I feel like I've seen like echoes of that in other movies and shows since. Yeah. And I'm like, was this the first time that anyone ever did something like that? Cause it's so funny and creative. Yeah. Um, so this isn't really spoiler cause it happens within the first 10 minutes, but there's a bank heist and the bad guys are trying to get away in a van, but then mom and dad superhero are stopping the bad guys from going away. And you like think that they're going to get away. They're in the van. They're starting to drive away. And then they casually are having a conversation about 
being superheroes and who's going to pick up, you know, the yeah, kids who's going to go like, get the kids from soccer. Kids, yeah. And so like all of these like tiny things that really don't have to be anything to do with the situation. And so they're casually having a conversation while stopping the van and picking up the van and dumping out the bad guys. Yeah. From it. Um, <laughs> very funny. Um, if you don't watch this movie, I would say at least watch that first scene. It's definitely yeah. worth it. It's great. And it's also like a very kind of feminist conversation too. Cause it's like the mom works and she is she's the first one to arrive at this bank heist. And she's like, I was in a meeting. You knew I had a meeting. Why am I the first one here? Why am I always like carrying the emotional labor kind of conversation? And I just thought it was so like enlightened for a movie in yeah. 2000 to be having that kind of conversation. Um, and he was like, you're right. I'm wrong. Like immediately. <laughs> yeah. He was on they have the a very way. healthy marriage. Very. Their whole family. Very healthy family dynamic. Very healthy family dynamic. They communicate. Like that's why it's sort of interesting. And we'll get to this more later. But like when Scott kind of does what he does, because they're not asking him to lie to them. Like they're no. not asking him. Like obviously they'd be excited if he has superpowers, but like they're not making it a conditional thing that they like only love him or only be proud of him if he has powers. Like they have a right. very good parenting style, which brings me to another couple lines I liked. No crime fighting until you've done your homework, young man. And <laughs> no laser vision without supervision. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what my mom would tell me if I had laser vision as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then another one, flying is a privilege, not a right. And then, um, this one's, again, kind of contextual, but like when when they're like looking for Scott, when they think he's like flown off and they're like the dad's like, oh, oh, helicopter. Oh, oh, eagle. Oh, oh, UFO. <laughs> I just thought that was so There's funny. so many cute little lines in this. Yeah. And then the last one, when they see mom's motorcycle, when Randy sees mom's motorcycle, he goes, oh, geez, my mom drives a hatchback. <laughs> <laughs> So those are my favorites. I mean, there were a lot of good lines and and a lot of like fun interactions that weren't like yeah. li lines that you would write down, but just like fun exchanges and stuff. It was it was a well-written movie. I'm not surprised that this Dan Berenson character has been tapped to write a lot of these TV movies. Yeah. I mean, if if he's good at getting in a fun plot, a fun cast and just a good time in under an hour and a half, then stick to what you know and get those people in your doors. Yep, totally. Also, as a complete side note, for anyone who's going to be watching our TikToks later when Val puts us up, I'm recording from my office today. Yeah, and I'm wearing one of our t-shirts. Yay, science is the real magic. <laughs> and I'm not, but I did wear it yesterday and my other one's in the laundry. So this is a reminder to buy some D Commentaries merch. Shout out to friend of the pod, Zach Roberts, who has purchased multiple merches. Mm -hmm. uh, we love you, Zach. Can't wait to see you sporting it on the streets of Orlando, Florida. Yeah, send us a picture or tag us in a picture of you wearing your apparel. Yep. Uh, I, this will come out after I see Zach, but I'm actually seeing Zach this upcoming weekend because I am taking a trip to Orlando, Florida. So we will be uh, modeling our merch together. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Any other like thoughts before we go to spoiler city? I mean, I, I noticed, so like I said before, I, I felt like this whole idea of like kids getting like mind controlled felt very much like social media to me. Yeah. Um, like how they just became drones. Like that's how I am when I look at TikTok and I'm not even a teenager. And so I yeah. can't even imagine. Um, 
And then the only other thing was, you might be too young for this alley, but the this environmental educational sort of video game thing. Did you do you remember when Encarta Encyclopedia had a video game as part of their like CD-ROM that you got when you got their encyclopedia? And it was like it was kind of like uh, this looks familiar. Yeah, it was like a obviously it wasn't a, a first person shooter because there's a shooting, but like it was like a first person perspective game where you'd like walk through and like go to different do different tasks or whatever and it was the only video game that was on the computers in the library at my elementary school so i used to play it all the time that's so funny it just reminded me of that they were like is this a video game and i was like this is exactly what encarta encyclopedia was yeah the i mean the, the only other things before we get into spoiler city were The coolest part about this movie was joining into the world that is living with superheroes. Mm -hmm. And it, it feels like we said a little bit more campy than it does joining a Marvel movie. So Marvel makes it seem like really cool action film, this, that, but this makes it feel so real life where you're just going to go to the grocery store and then bronze Eagle's just going to walk by and you're like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. You know, it just made it feel so much more real than the CGI that is, you know, a Marvel movie. I'm not sure on Marvel movies, but I kind of am. Um, <laughs> we know is, what you think of Marvel movies. <laughs> I've seen all three Thors. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think it's 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 a fun watch. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a fun, it's fun. It's fun. That's exactly what it is. It's fun. Shall we strip down to our costumes and only wear a cape, no tops? <laughs> Only if it's a training cape. Yeah, training cape. (laughs) And now it's time for a word from one of our sponsors. Don't want to talk about the weather or the pandemic? Us either. No Wrong Answers is a conversation card game where you can ask life's least pressing and most important questions. Why talk about vaccination rates when you can debate questions like which cereal mascot would be the best kisser? No Wrong Answers was created by comedians and self-proclaimed world's best small talkers. And it's great for everything from dinner parties to Zoom happy hours. And since all the prompts are rated PG-ish, it's even good for classrooms. We can't believe it either, but the holidays are coming up. And you know what makes a great gift? No Wrong Answers. Save yourself from all those awkward conversations and just throw these cards down instead. For every purchase, a portion of the proceeds go to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. So not only will you have a great time, but you'll also feel good playing this game. Listeners of the Trident Network can use the code TRIDENT for 10% off their purchase. Just go to NoWrongAnswersGame.com and use Trident at checkout for 10% off your purchase. No Wrong Answers. Fun talk, not small talk. We are going to fly right to spoiler city you heard it here folks tops are off we're flying we're soaring flying that's it because we haven't gotten that movie yet <laughs> um <laughs> uh, welcome to spoiler city we're gonna tell you the entire plot of the movie kind of as fast as we can but we're gonna try to hit as many details as possible uh once again i've started taking more detailed notes so i am sound much smarter than i have in the past val's here to correct everything that i don't mention or that i <laughs> miscorrectly mentioned because she is my rock my shield my cape um and she pays more attention than i do uh <laughs> All right, uh, this is the plot line of A Pope and the Away. 
Awesome. And so we open up to this very ominous music. So it kind of starts off a little spooky. I honestly, uh, I wrote down, starts incredibly ominously. So it starts off with this this spooky music and we see this logo of an of an earth turning and it says earth changers or what is it, Val? <laughs> I did not write down the name of it. I thing. actually can't remember either. Hold okay. On. Earth protectors. Earth protectors. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Very I did write it down. Name. I did write it down, just not in the first line. Um, <laughs> so we have earth protectors, and we hear this voiceover kind of these people finally change the world, and nobody's going to be able to do anything about it. Um, so then we, that's very quick, right as we get into uh, lights up on Scott, who is, you know, getting ready for school, playing soccer in his room. His dad comes in, is talking about how he's got a birthday in four days, and in four days, he's turning 14. So we have another 13 year old and they're kind of just going about their morning. Everything seems super normal right now. We're not really learning too much yet. Um, the only thing is that they're really excited for four days until his birthday, which I don't think a single birthday of mine I've had been excited four days before. So <laughs> we're like, okay, something's up. Um, and then Randy comes in Scott's best friend and he brings in a zucchini bread wrapped in aluminum foil <laughs> and everyone gets really uncomfortable. And we're like, Okay. And so then they take it out into the yard. They bury it in the yard. They have a special trash can buried in the yard to put all of the aluminum foil in because we will later find out this is spoiler city. So I don't mind spoiling it for you now is that aluminum foil is basically the kryptonite of this family. I'm not sure about other superheroes, but in this family, their kryptonite is aluminum foil. Mm -hmm. And so then uh, we kind of meet Scott's like crush love interest Amy Rosen. They are in the driveway. They were kind of giving each other some, you know, tiffs and bits. And then Amy's mom says something about how she might have a crush on him. And she like gets mad at her mom for saying something. Then we, we cut. So we have learned about like our core people. So we have mom, dad, Scott, Randy, Amy Rosen, Amy's mom. And then we have the other siblings, Molly and Adam. And... Perfect. So we do know at this point that mom, dad, everyone is superpowers and Scott does not have them, but you get them by your 14th birthday, which is why we're all very excited for his 14th birthday, because then he will have his superpowers. We cut back to our Earth Protectors and Kevin Connolly is there and he's talking about Earth Protectors and how they have donated computers to the eighth graders at school. So basically they're trying to brainwash kids into recycling is what we think at this point. Mm -hmm. um, recycling, taking care of the Earth. They're Earth Protectors. And he is at the school talking to all the kids saying, we're really excited for you to this. This is what you're going to do with your computer. Then after school, he gets in the van to go back to Earth Protectors and and he litters and we find out that he's actually the villain. He's the bad guy. So then they go directly to the local bank to, to brainwash the adults um, because that's basically what these computers are doing. They're, they're there to brainwash people. So he brainwashes the adults, the clerks at the bank to give them money. Someone sneezes and the adults snap out of it. And then they realize that there's a robbery at the bank. Scott's dad is name is Jim. Yeah. Uh, Jim is driving the kids to soccer 
because he is a cool stay-at-home dad and we love smash the patriarchy. He um, is driving the kids and gets a call that there's something going on. And he's like, um, uh, uh, uh. And so they say, oh, isn't the car breaking down? And he's like, yeah, the car's breaking down. <laughs> and the <laughs> Scott's friends are like, okay, this is weird, but we'll walk the rest of the way. So then Jim gets out of the car, changes into a superhero costume. That's the first time we see Bronze Eagle. And um, we get to the bank and dad gets there and mom was already there. And she was, you know, fighting the bad guys trying to get them away this is where we were talking about earlier about the scene where they're fighting about normal things while defeating the bad guys then the ba- they catch the bad guys except for kevin Connolly and one of the other people um so he kind of gets away from it we cut to at home adam the older brother and dad are talking about how scott might be normal um normal is the term so you're either like a superhero and you have superpowers or you're normal um is anyone normal no <laughs> <laughs> Then we cut to, there's a lot of cuts in between both plot lines here, kind of. Um, But we learned that you can't brainwash adults as well as you can brainwash kids. And that's not what it's really designed for. So that's why it didn't work. And then when someone sneezed at the bank, they kind of snapped out of it. It basically just seems like it was created to get kids to recycle and treat the earth better. So start them young because you can't do it when they're older is basically why this was created. Um, then mom and dad are in the kitchen talking about how they're really worried on his 14th birthday that he won't develop powers. And he, Scott overhears them talking about this, about how nervous they are that he's getting so close and people don't get powers after their 14th birthday. So they are starting to really worry. He undrills the door and pushes through it to make it seem like he does have powers. And so he, he heard this. He was just, he didn't want to disappoint his parents. It wasn't so much that he was sad. He wouldn't uh, have powers. And it wasn't even like, I don't want to be like the black sheep of the family. It was just, I don't want to make my parents sad that I am not like them. So then the grandparents come over. That's where we meet grandpa and grandma. And he starts faking the powers during dinner. And so he throws the soccer ball through the tree and they think he's flying. And he, you know, undrilled the door, crashed through it, super strength, things like that. And grandpa realizes that he's faking. They have a conversation and he says, don't tell anyone. Like, I really, I, I don't want anyone to know. And grandpa agrees to it, which is a good plot line. But <laughs> grandpa in real life probably wouldn't agree to it. No. So um, dad comes in on Scott while he's working on his computer. So at school, every kid was given a CD and they had to like do homework when they got home. So dad kind of realized that Scott was like really mesmerized by what was happening on the computer screen. So we actually see it work on Scott. And the next day we get to school and every kid who did their homework by watching this video is wearing blue. And the only kids that didn't do their homework, and this is only the eighth graders, are wearing red. So I think it's really funny that... You know, it's really funny that that many children did their homework because that would not have happened in my (laughs) school. That's so funny. (laughs) I definitely think it would have happened in my school. Really? Yeah. Like there were only two kids I saw that were wearing red and I was like, there's no way. (laughs) And I probably would have been one of them. I was like, I will do that tomorrow. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. I always did my homework. So it didn't even Mm -hmm. occur to me. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, And then someone was... 
not bullying Scott. I don't know how he he got thrown something. He got something thrown at him, which was a ball of aluminum foil. And his brother was there and he went to catch it instead of Scott and his brother. We can then see what happens when they touch aluminum foil and they they lose their powers. The I think he said something about the molecules or the atoms or it messes with their molecular structure is molecular structure. I love that. Science is the real magic. (laughs) So the parents then found out that something was happening in the town. I think they were watching like a news story and they were like, okay, we've got to do something about this because someone is mesmerizing things. We don't know how it's happening. So they go to the bank to try to look in the computer to see what mesmerized them. And Adam um, is like an electro guy and he fries the computer. (laughs) So they end up not realizing it, but they tell everyone that they know so that they can buy them sometime. I would also like to point out that he zaps the monitor, which has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with the computer. (laughs) Nothing to do with the hard drive. Yeah. (laughs) And then we cut to earth protectors again and they say everything's ready to go, but we really don't know what's still. And so we, there's just a lot of earth protector information that gets getting pushed back. And I actually think that helps with the suspense with them being really vague about it. You're like, what is, what are they doing? And then we get to uh, his birthday. And so it's his 14th birthday. It's happening. And he still doesn't have his powers. But, you know, he wants everyone to think he does. And you get a special name on your birthday. And they they took one name from each of them. It was Bronze Eagle. And what's mom's name? Warrior Woman. Warrior Woman. So then Scott's uh, superhero name is Warrior Eagle. So super cute. That's where we have our uh, pull quote from the very beginning, our cold open, where he does the oath and he hesitates because he's like, I don't have superpowers and I'm agreeing to this. And then he, we see a, a slew of fun characters mm-hmm. <laughs> in the house for the birthday party. Then we go back to Earth Protectors. Man, it is very back and forth in this movie. Um, go back to Earth Protectors where they're saying you need to slip this tracking device onto Bronze Eagle because now they know that they're they're being tracked, that they're... They're onto them. Yeah. Yeah, they're onto them. Um, and so they kind of set up a thing to capture the superheroes because if the superheroes are gone, then they can follow through with their plan of hypnotizing all of these children. But then he blows up the building. This is yes. the part I didn't understand. Oh, no, no. Okay. So he, they blow up the building so that they could get Bronze Eagle there to put a tracker on him. Oh. And so a woman is trapped in buildings so they can put a tracker on him. And oh. then once the tracker goes back to his lair, they'll find out where he lives and then they can destroy where he lives. But he just didn't tell her about the fact that he was going to blow her up. No, he did. I think she knew. I think she agreed to it, even though she didn't really know what she's agreeing to. Okay. I didn't, she didn't act like she knew it was about to happen. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think she did. Okay. I must've, I think she did something there. Um, that was like the ploy to like get them, you know, but that makes sense. Yeah. I just didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know whether she understood that that's what was going to happen. Also that tracker never came back. She didn't. No, she ended up not putting the tracker on because um, Warrior Eagle Scott showed up instead because they were like, "Uh, woman in burning building. Here you go. Here's your first here's your first trial and error. (laughs) And so he goes and he tries to save her and it ends up just not being good. He uses a fire hose and Bronze Eagle ends up saving them. And the worst part about it is Scott's mask falls off. Mm -hmm. So all of this kind of would have been foolproof, even if the tracker had been put on, but ended up not even getting that because his mask fell off. 
Then Earth Protectors people decide to use the mask to figure out who Scott is. And then somehow they have the faces of all of the eighth graders <laughs> or all of the children in the world. Who knows? And they <laughs> can see that the mask fits over his face and they find out who he is and then realize that it's his family. Then they call Scott into the office and they say, hey, you won this really cool thing for Earth Protectors because you're so cool. And then Kevin Connolly hypnotizes him and for two hours asks him questions about his parents. And, you know, oh, no, now the bad guys know how to beat them, how to beat them. And Scott uh, noticed when he was walking out that Nina, the woman who he tried to save in the fire, um, was outside of school getting in an earth protector's van. So he's kind of starting to put things together and he's on his way out. And the teacher, who is really cool, we love her, was giving everyone new CDs for the day because they got new one every day. How do they get this? amount of CDs. I don't know. Um, that's where Scott, their funding is going. Right. Um, that's where the money from their parents' purses are going. And Scott had one with like a red thing on it. And she said, this one's special for you. But he runs into his crush, Amy, and they have a little chat and they switch. Like literally the runs into her. Like, crashes yeah, into like her. actually like falls over and then they switch the CDs. So that Amy ends up with the one that was meant for Scott. Um, so then Amy's mom, because, oh, this is the one uh, this is the, the CD you're supposed to do with, do your homework with your parents tonight. And Amy's mom ends up watching it and gets hypnotized and goes to rob the bank. Then the parents of Scott see a regular one about composting and they're like, what are you showing us? <laughs> Um, after we see the one after Amy's mom is hypnotizing goes and robs the bank, she walks into the evil villain lair with Kevin Connolly and Nina. And then this is where Nina starts to be like, okay, what are you doing? Mostly because Kevin Connolly is wearing tiny sunglasses and a blazer now <laughs> that he looks like a villain that would be in like, if villains from the TV show numbers, <laughs> Or like the Matrix or something. <laughs> like he looks so 2000s villain. And then he ends up saying that he is trying to like take over the minds of everyone because he wants to control everyone. Right. He's, I, no, I, he's trying to control the superheroes so that he can bend them to his will. And they'll oh, basically just what like do whatever he wants. Yeah. So he's like trying to specifically control them because like that's what he was trying to do when the mom when amy's mom accidentally got the message instead was he was trying right. to have them rob a bank for him right so that they would come to the lair instead mm -hmm. um so then scott calls grandpa and is like chatting and he's like hey i need help and they say maybe we owe scott an apology um and then i didn't i literally wrote everything down but i didn't write down how they end up at the factory i actually can't remember either I think they just go because they realize what's going on. Like, I think they just like finally. Oh, put maybe. Two and two yeah. Together. They said to Amy, your mom's robbed a bank or whatever. And then they're trying to find her. Yeah. I don't know how they get there. I forgot. I also forgot. But then they, they, they get, get there. there and then they trap. <laughs> Somehow they get there and they get trapped in a cage of aluminum foil. Um, it's very like Tom and Jerry, like his mask is hanging from the ceiling and then all yeah. of a sudden the cage falls down on them. It's like the game, the game mousetrap. Yeah. With like the cage where it's like so plastic and so basic. It's yeah, literally yeah. what they walk into in an aluminum foil. So then this is where Nina doesn't understand what's happening. She's like, why are you capturing these superheroes? 
I'm just trying to have kids recycle. And then Kevin yells at Nina and Scott then goes to get his friends to help. So we, he recruits Randy, the Randinator and Amy. And Nina says, I thought you shared the same dream. And I was like, there were so many signs that this man didn't care. Oh, she said all the signs that he didn't care about recycling about how he like, Oh yeah. <laughs> use. Oh, it was, you used a styrofoam cup and yeah. Like and he that, like had a leather belt and all sorts of yeah. stuff. And she said, you don't need super powers to help people. And I think he thinks the opposite. Um, so then I wrote hijinks ensue to defeat adults and save parents. Um, three, there's three minutes to save them from the minds belonging to earth progress. So they have three minutes. You only got three minutes to save the world. Um, and this is like where they keep like saying the same thing in different ways. Like the synapse scramble, the brain yeah. bumble or whatever. Like they <laughs> literally just came this computer program. So, <laughs> so stupid. Um, a minor, minor, minor plot line that I didn't mention that is now important is Amy and Scott throughout the entire thing were f- not fighting, but bickering at each other about who was going to be team captain of the soccer team. Yes. So um, Amy was saying how he, you know, he had been late to soccer practice and he, did he he didn't pass it because he was blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He was ball, ball hog. And so the, then uh, throughout all of that, like bickering to each other, we finally get to the point where he has to make a goal because the last time he shot, he missed. And, um, this is, she kicks the soccer ball out of her bag. He somehow escapes the arms of the adults. He soccer juggles it, dribbles, dribbles, <laughs> kicks the soccer ball into one of the cage holes of the aluminum foil cage, knocks over and like blows up one of the computers that's (laughs) hypnotizing um, his parents in there. And he saves his parents. Nina apologizes. He wants to ask Amy to the dance in front of his entire family, which is so weird. No, she Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot and then about she that. forgets because they, yeah. they um, so she asked him in front of his whole family, which I thought was really awkward, where they're just like, hey, and his parents are like, I just thought it was really awkward the way they did that, like have it in the corners. Like, and then they make her forget. And every single person, they like um, they just like touch them and, and they kind of like melt and forget everything. Yeah. That it's happened. one of Adam's powers that he can like. Wipe and he's got, they all have a lot. Like, yeah. Even Molly has had, like so many. Yeah. Um, but then they don't make uh Randy forget his powers. They said mm-hmm. it would be nice for him to have a friend. And so his best friend Randy doesn't get to forget kind of what happened, which was such a cute moment. Yeah. Um, and they really then finally grandpa showed up. <laughs> I mean, you remember five minutes ago when I mentioned that he went to grandpa, finally showed up, which we then see he's a very funny character. He was like, I should have just taken the bus and I would have gotten here faster than flying. It's very funny. Um, then we get back to school. Amy doesn't remember a thing. So she doesn't remember, um, being asked to the, asking him to the dance. Um, and we're at soccer and they're voting on team captain and Scott ends up voting for Amy, even though she voted for Scott and she ended up winning and no, they tied. Or they died, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Basically, it was in his hands. He could have either made himself captain or made them both captain. And he chose to make them both captain. Yeah. And then they play soccer and he is totally okay with not having superpowers and he never gets them. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's a great way for it to end because I think if he had gotten them, it would have been a little predictable. So I like that he didn't get them. And that's that's Spoiler City. That's beautiful. Well done, Al. Thank you. My throat's starting to hurt. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
<laughs> talking too much. So much information. Mm-hmm. I think that like this movie, it was funny because I was like, there has to be such an obvious like metaphor for something here, um, which obviously we'll talk about a little bit more in bingo but like Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily think there is like a metaphor exactly i think it's just like a really good lesson like you don't have to you don't like multiple people say you don't need powers to be to do the right thing or to be a hero um like i don't know just like basically your choices define you more than what you're born with yeah i think is like a good lesson it's a nice story i thought it was great yeah. And Kevin Connolly is a great villain. Yeah. And I just love like his outfits through this whole movie were so funny. So to me. 2000s. Oh, my God. Like just so many huge cargo pants and like gigantic open button down shirt, like loud patterns, like just wild, wild outfits the whole time. Yeah. It was great. It was so it was, great. It was awesome. The, the costumes, even with the superheroes, really great. Yeah, I liked how they were, like, practical. Like, they were something that, like, you would make at home, yeah. which I think makes sense because in this world, they're making their own uniform. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's part of the job. I thought that was really funny or cool. Another thing that I thought was so interesting and definitely would not be allowed today is the all the mentions of the su- superheroes by name. So all of those characters are now literally copyrighted. Like they're owned by, well, they're owned by Disney. So like they would be able to. Well, not DC. So like Superman wouldn't. Right. Like they wouldn't be able to even mention (sighs) Superman or Green Hornet or uh, or Batman. I don't think they mentioned Batman. Spider-Man and Mary Jane. And then there was one other one. Right. Like so Spider-Man and Mary Jane, like basically this just preceded the the owner like the the popularity of these characters in such a way where everyone bought them like where they yeah. bought the characters so like now a movie has to like pay for the right to do that so there's no absolutely no chance that a tv movie would mention any any that's crazy by name like that. yeah um is it time for bingo it is let's get to that farm oh the farm let's the fly bingo there farm. let's fly let's there fly. <laughs> up up and away! Yay! Cool. You want to go ahead and start today? Sure. Uh, one hit wonder song. I don't think so. There was a song playing during his party, very briefly. Mm. But it sounded like an oldie. Like, it didn't sound like a, you know, like a modern song. So I don't yeah. think. Also, on this subject of one hit wonders, I found a bunch of, like, lists so like there there were these albums that came out that were like here are all the the singles that dropped in these decoms and so there's like one from like the earliest ones like starting with under wraps all the way through horse sense and then there's ones that are like later you know like uh cool thanks to whoever did that so we don't have to i know well they no they literally made albums like they literally sold albums oh my god and the first one that has like all the ones up and basically up till where we are now is called here's premieres and premieres is spelled e-a-r-s for mickey i hate it Wow. Where'd you find that? Spotify or Google? Uh, no, I was just Googling. 
And there's just Googling. There's Wikipedia lists of, uh, of these. Cause I was trying to see, cause like we have a Spotify playlist that I add any songs that are in any of these movies Mm -hmm. to each as we go through them. And so I was just double checking that I hadn't checked on horse sense either. So I was double checking both of them. And because Horse Sense does have a song on this album, it came up and that's how I found cool. it. And then it would like linked to like the other ones that came like later. And this one was called like volume one, but there was never a volume two. two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, breaking the fourth wall or looking into the camera. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Um, holiday themed. Nope. Clunky metaphor. So... <sighs> Like, it seems like it should be an obvious metaphor, right? Like some kind of thing about like getting your power. I mean, you could argue like at one point dad says, I always thought he'd get into the family business. And it kind of made me think about like if, you know, if there was like a literal family business and one kid just didn't either wasn't good at whatever the thing was or just didn't have any interest in it and like Mm -hmm. went off and did their own thing, like how that would affect the family dynamic or whatever. So like. That's probably the closest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's not really what Scott's issue is, like in terms of like what he's sort of working through. What he's sort of right. working through is like he thinks that if because the whole thing with him being like a ball hog in soccer is like he's trying to like prove something. He's trying like it's not the absence of interest in in being a superhero. He's trying to prove that he is good enough. Yeah. Right. So like that metaphor kind of doesn't work because of like what he wants um, or cares about. So I don't I guess like the metaphor is the captainship, like the ball hoggingness and like the way that he behaves about soccer more than anything is like he lets go of that mm-hmm. once he realizes that he doesn't need to be the star to be a strong teammate. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's still stretching. I don't know. I don't think it has one this week. All right. No clunky. Wow. No clunky metaphor. Okay. Parents who just don't get it. No. Well, I originally didn't mark it. I was going to say, I don't think we should mark it. And then I did mark it because of the part where. Where they don't believe him. Yeah. So here's the thing. I I get that. And I would like if you want to mark it, I'm fine with it. But like. They get him like he's lying to them. He's actively lying to them and they know something's up with him. They just can't quite figure out what it is right away because he is actively deceiving them. But I think of any of the parents that we've seen, they're probably the most. They're the healthiest. Yeah. Like they're the most aware and like involved parents of any of them. Yeah, I'm fine. Let's not mark it. I marked it for a reason. But then I'm like, I mean, as a whole for 90 percent of the movie, they do get it. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, cool non-parent adult. Grandpa. Steel condor, baby. Steel condor. <laughs> and uh, Val leading into our next box. <laughs> Someone too famous for a TV movie. Steel condor. <laughs> yeah. Seems like they always go hand in hand. <laughs> they always do. Which kind of like that's, it makes sense, right? It's fun. Cast, yeah. cast the fun part as someone who has... Better uh, things to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Competition to resolve central problem. No. Not this time. Uh, a montage sequence. I, I saw one, but it was oh. like a half. 
What was it? It was when all of them are going to going home to have their parents watch the CD. Oh, I don't know if that counts or not, but I marked it because of that. Because there was no sound, there was no lines, and it was just score. Okay, I that's fine. Count it. Sure. Okay. Cliche villains. Yep. Yep. Evil masterminds. They they get more and more cliche, truly. (laughs) As it keeps going. Uh, Clothes or items you owned. I mean, I wore similar looking soccer uniforms. Let's count it. Okay. I didn't have like soccer. that exact color scheme, but I definitely I had did, like the, I was on the blue team. I was on the baby blue team when I was in fifth grade. Oh, well, there you go. I was oh. always like pink or green. Like I didn't have a lot of blue, but I yeah. definitely had like the collared, you know, like thing with the dark shorts and the whole get up. Yeah. <laughs> I miss I miss the ease of being a child. I know. What a good time. What a great time. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 40 to 60%. Uh, Before I tell you, uh, this is not Rotten Tomatoes because there isn't one. So I did the math. I did the math based off of IMDb. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, Then it might be higher because like IMDb is is different. I'm going to say 60. (gasps) You're within five. What is it? 56. Oh, nice. Okay. That yeah. feels right. That, that feels, feels right. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And we get the square. That's what I would, I was going to guess like 55. And then when you told me the IMDb thing, I was worried it would get higher. A little bit higher. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that it feels exactly right for this movie. Perfect. Yeah. Happily ever after. Yes. Yes. Gets the girl, gets to be co-captain. His parents are not evil minions. Yeah. Totally cool with not having superpowers. Yep, that too. Um, the next one is almost kissing. I saw one moment where they got close, but it wasn't like <laughs> close. But it was like they they wanted to. Was it at the end before she gets mind wiped? It was either that or it was one time where Randy came in and interrupted. Maybe it was when they were spying. Oh. They were, were spying they in like, the warehouse. Were they like having a moment? Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that. I trust you. Cool. We'll mark it. Okay. Uh, someone who became famous. I'm arguing Kevin Connolly. No, yeah, totally. Okay. 100%. Cool. Accounts. Yes. He, most people would recognize him. Yeah. And sure. Entourage. I mean, it, it look, Entourage would be made completely different now. Oh, 100%. It's but super problematic. But it is it was so a, problematic. And it was just like of that moment. Yeah, just things like, oh, they shouldn't say that, but we're just going to laugh it off type thing, <laughs> like of the 2000s. Yeah, I mean, literally every show is like that. Friends is like that. Like yeah. so many shows, it's just like, oh, God, how many more gay jokes can you put in here? Yeah. And also, how many more white people can we cast before we oh, even God, consider yeah. casting a person of color? Yeah. Which is something that we haven't mentioned yet, that this is the first decom where a majority of the cast is a person of color. The leads, yes. The leads, yes. Yeah. Um, and that was And it was awesome. directed by a person of color, too, which is great. Yeah. I think it was the first time that happened as well. Yeah, that was really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, betraying of one's real friends or values. Yes. Yes, because he fakes it. Yeah, he lies. Yeah. He lies to his family. 
Um, your childhood crush. No. No, but now that dad with the mustache. <laughs> that he is hot, cool dad. Friends, if you listen to our episode of Disney Adult with Devin Henderson, Incredible which is coming Podcast, out tomorrow, coming out tomorrow, um, we talk about my favorite and one of Val's favorites Disney movies, which is Hercules. Um, we talk about our hot, hot dad, cool dad Venn diagram. And I would <laughs> like to argue that Jim fits in the middle, which is hot, cool dad. I, I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. He's literally a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> And he's a nice dad, like nice dad, which to me makes that's him where comes the cool. Yeah. Well, and hot. I think yes. it's hot to be nice. <laughs> All right. We were talking. We have two different, 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 different definitions of hot. <laughs> I love that. Um, obviously, bad special effects or stunts. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. There's a there's a bunch. Yep. yep. Mostly when Scott is flying with his dad. Yeah, well, any flying because they like painted streaks into the sky, like when Jim flies off and like at the party with all the different powers being exemplified, mostly by people being like less opaque. Like there's Mm -hmm. a few people who are like see through to different degrees, which is like a good, easy way to do that. But it was just funny to me that that was like what they were showing. Um, Okay, we've got our. Famous decommers, Eric Von Denton, Kirsten Storms, Ryan Merriman, Kimberly J. Brown, and any Lawrence brother. And we're a big no on that one this week. Nope. Musical number? No. No. Always would be better with one. (laughs) Magic. Yes. And science magic. Science magic and real magic. Yeah. Someone says the title of the movie a million times. Yes. (laughs) Like within the first. Every time they fly up, up, and away. Um, Scooby Dude, yes. Yeah, they do solve it. Those yep. kids, they solve it, and it's very Scooby Doo. Like it's literally mm-hmm. a bunch of kids running through a warehouse to get the bad guy to take those sunglasses off. Kevin, Kevin Gunn. <laughs> uh, the heroes create the problem. I'm no. saying no this time. Yeah, no, because they still would have done what they did even if he hadn't have lied. So. Yeah, lead is a fish out of water. I marked it only because of the part where he is trying to fit in to be a superhero and he is not. Yeah. But but I'm happy to delete. I don't think so, because even though he doesn't have powers, he's grown up in this world. Right. So he's not like alien to it. He understands everything and is comfortable with it. He's just unfortunate to to not manifest his powers. All right. Well, that's our bingo square. And Val, we got one. We did. We did right in the middle. Holy moly. A-I-N-G-O. Closer items you owned. Rotten Tomatoes 40 to 60. Happily ever after. Almost kissing and someone who became famous. Well, howdy doody. Howdy doody away. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about them? Powers. <laughs> powers? What powers? <laughs> What's the kid's name? Brian or something? Uh, Dylan. 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 Um, great. Thanks for playing. Uh you too. Thanks. That was fun. Yeah. Well, Val, don't worry. We're not done playing. Okay. Because you know what time it is. It's game time. Game time. It's, it's time for the game of what superhero. Okay. Val, we're going to have two minutes. Okay. To uh, draw each other as superheroes. 
and you have to draw on your piece of paper with your colored items. Uh, me as a superhero, I will draw you and you have to come up with a name. Okay. Wait, so I have to draw you as a superhero and give you a name. A name. Okay. Mm-hmm. And presumably superpowers. Yes. Okay. I'm not a very good drawer. Uh, it, you don't have to be. But it is going to go on our Instagram. So. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Two minutes starting now. Okay. Okay. I think you're going to hate mine. <laughs> do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. So Val as a superhero is Captain Camp. <laughs> I like my hat. <laughs> Captain Cap wears a blue cap. Captain uh-huh. Cap cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can buy it in stores near you. <laughs> and Captain Cap um, can uh, breathe underwater <gasps> and can run really fast. How did you know that breathing underwater is like a thing? I have recurring dreams that I can breathe underwater. I read today that cancers in terms of horoscope are psychics. So it's true. Wow. Yeah. So you can breathe underwater and you can run really fast on land. Oh, yeah. And then your shirt says in charge. (laughs) Cab camp. (sighs) Well, I didn't get to do all the detail that I wanted, but you'll get the gist of it. Okay. Um, Allie, you are the voice. (gasps) Oh, my God. I look beautiful. (laughs) And you, uh, with the just the power of your voice, can persuade anyone to do anything, and your singing voice can lull even the angriest, (gasps) meanest of monsters into slumber. Whoa! I'm so cool. You are so cool. I love that. Look at us, (laughs) Cap Camp, the voice. voice. (laughs) Yay! That was a fun game, Al. Thanks. Awesome. Well, any last thoughts about the pod, about the movie, about the everything? No, just that I always enjoy doing this with Uh, you. You're such a sweet girl. (laughs) I just love you. I love you. I love you very, very much. Love you very, very much. And you know what we both love as as well as each other is we love... Uh, The spotlight. We do. We love the spotlight. (laughs) We love... When people talk about us in oh, nice yeah. ways. In nice ways. Please, please only nice. I don't have <laughs> mental strength for mean things. Um, it would, we would be, what we're taking a really roundabout way of saying is that it would mean a lot to us uh, if you would continue to tell your pals about the show. And also, um, we're going to put another plug in today to uh, please write a review. Yeah. If you have a moment or even just leave us five stars if you don't have time to write something. But writing something is definitely super helpful. But either way, on Apple Podcasts, that really, really, really makes a big difference. So basically just sort of telling the the old algorithm, uh, the the old algorithm uh, that you are a fan will tell it to share us with more people. And, uh, you know, we want to. Yeah, we want to shout you out. And if you do something cool, like buy our merch or follow Patreon, we'll say your real full name on yes. the pod. Yes. And we, so we did a, a big push for Patreon last week and we got a ton of new Patreon patrons, which was Yay, so thank amazing. You. Thank you to everybody who uh, gave and continues to give. And um, yeah, as Ali said, if you want to be a Patreon patron, you can, for as little as three bucks a month, you can get your old name said through our mouths. 
on yeah. this very podcast. We'll say it. We'll say we love you. Your name here. <laughs> so yeah, give us a give us a follow. Give us a review. Uh, give us your dollars if you have a, have some to spare. Um, but either way, thank you so much for giving us your ears for this episode of yeah. D Commentaries. We love you. We love you. Bye, Val. Bye, Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash dcommentaries hyphen pod. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at dcommentaries. Dcommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Allie.